Yeah, exactly. Like we've never followed an act where men are taking and putting on clothes. So that's brand, brand new for us. But we have had some time to think this afternoon about things that we'd like. We'd love to be invited back to Minnesota, we've decided. I think he's actually telling me how to turn on the microphone. <laughs> I think that's what the instruction was. Even with all the drinking, I think you guys are still like really. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so um, is that good standing right there? Who is um, adjusting us? Is someone adjusting us? There we go. We're, we found the magic spot yet? No, hey, it really has been fun. And we always kind of joke because in July or August, we end up page 44. We think about people that live in places that aren't like them. So if you. If you need us to come and do personal counseling with you or your kids or your pets, <laughs> we'll do that. Um, a boat christening, a bar mitzvah, we'll <laughs> make, ro make room in your house. I don't know if I'm, st I'm on now. Um, that's where I heard one button. Um, so we, I got to come back to my high school reunion. It was um, a little while ago. I don't remember what year it was, but um, it was kind of similar to this uh, setting. And I went up to the bar to get a drink, and I was standing at the bar, and this um, woman, um, Janet, and sh I hadn't seen her in years, and she goes, she was, she'd had, she had really enjoyed her drinks. She had really, she had really enjoyed her drinks, and so she said, she said to me, um, Renee. She's like, Renee, is your husband here? And I go, he is. And I go, have you never met my husband? Because it was kind of, you know, we've been married like 15 years at that point. And she goes, yeah, no, I haven't ever met him. And I said, oh, I go, that's Don down at the bar, like at the end. I'm pointing to him, and she turns and she looks down at him, and she goes, he looks Mexican. <laughs> and, and I said, I came back over to Don. I said, Janet, you have no idea. That is going to make my husband super happy. He loves the Hispanic culture. So I went over to Don and I said, Don, apparently in Iowa, apparently. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, so. Uh, hey, we, uh, we, you guys have kind of spoiled us being here. This has really been fun. So thanks for being encouraging. Thanks for letting us just be here. It's really been fun. And uh, thanks, too, that you've, uh, you've let us kind of just be who we are. So mm -hmm. this is who we are. And I uh, want to tell you just a little bit about our story. Um, you know, we have, we have, God's been so good to us and so with our kids and our life and our family, but my life 23 years ago, uh, you would have seen my life in a huge storm. I uh, went through a divorce 23 years ago and um, I'd gotten married to a person and I, I had a lot of stuff in my own personal family background. 
that I never really sorted out. We'd gotten married and we weren't married very long and, and all of my stuff was coming out and all of her stuff was coming out and it just, it just went south in a really, uh, really painful, tragic way. And I was a ministry guy in Phoenix. I, I, I had a large youth ministry and then I was student, uh, student ministry and then a pastoral ministry at a large Baptist church with a thousand people at it. And so my wife left me and, and I was just facing a huge storm. I was doing marriage counseling for other people and, and obviously the answers weren't working in my own life. And so um, on one morning, uh, my wife had gone and we had a two-year-old son who's my son, Keaton. And um, I was becoming a single dad and there's a thousand Baptists in this church and I was their youth ministry and their, their college person. And, and I talked to the staff and, and I said, I need to come up and I need to tell these folks what's going on in my life. And, the head of the deacon board was a, a lawyer, so he had drafted this legal document that he was gonna read that made, like you couldn't tell what was happening because he was a lawyer, right? So it was just <laughs> sort of like, Pastor Don is in certain circumstances that could affect his, you know, the third, and I just go, I go, can I, can I just tell him what's going on? And he goes, if you do that, they could, they could call for your resignation, they could fire you, and I go, okay. And he goes, if they do that, you can't sue us, and I go, Okay, and he goes, you gotta sign a disclosure that you won't sue us if they call. I go, okay. So I sign it, and at the end of the service, um, the senior pastor goes, hey, so Pastor Don wants to share something. And so I stood up, and it's a thousand conservative Baptist folks. And uh, I remember I stood there, and I go, hey, so um, here's the deal. I go, I've been coming here with my gifts for the last you know, year, and uh, my stuff and all my insights, and I go, and today I got nothing, um, except that my life's in a huge storm, and my wife's left me, and um, I don't have any answers. Um, I don't have any answers to give you or to give myself, and, um, and I hope you'll pray for us. And, um, and if you have any questions about my life or what's going on, I'll be down in front. And um, so that's what's going on. And it was really quiet. And then I walked down to the front and I could see that there were people that were coming that were heading my way. And so um, one of the first guys that came up was a guy named Hank. He was from the senior saint class. You know, Baptists like to name their Sunday school groups. And so Hank was from the senior saints and he came up and I thought, you know, these are the people that come and, and shoot you and bury you in the back after your life fails. I mean, you know, in Christ, in love, but still, you know. <laughs> They're putting you in the ground. So I was kind of just ready for Hank to kind of, you know, come at me and you failed and you've done the rest of that. And Hank, instead, he came up to me and he goes, would you, would you pray for me? And I go, yeah, well, Hank, what's going on? And he goes, my wife left me three months ago. I've told everybody she's visiting her sister in Omaha. And I don't know what to do. Would you pray for me? So I prayed for Hank. And then behind him, there was this couple from the home builders class. And uh, I just go, okay, well, what can I do for you guys? And they go, um, our daughter's in a drug treatment center in California. We haven't told anybody in our home group. Mm -hmm. We're so embarrassed. We're so afraid. Mm -hmm. Would you pray for us? And so I prayed for them. There's a whole line of people. And I just sat and prayed for all of them. I had never prayed for anyone in that church. At the end, there's this new couple. And I go, well, uh, hey, I'm the screwed up youth pastor. And, uh, <laughs> if I have a job on Wednesdays, we play volleyball. Um, but, um, 
how, how can I help you? And they go, we, uh, we want to join. I go, you want to join? Really? And they go, yeah, we haven't been anywhere where you can hurt out loud. We'd, we'd like to be part of this. And so I prayed for them. Um, and, you know, God took me from a place where I kind of thought my gifts and my stuff and my training were really critical and uh, really took all that away. And uh, that next year followed with me doing a lot of counseling, sitting on somebody else's couch, and God starting to rebuild my life. And after that, Renee came uh, into my life. Really undeserved. Uh, and uh, so that was 22 years ago. And then... Um, We've had three more kids in this amazing life that we, I don't deserve, um, but I'm so, so thankful for. And uh, it's how good God is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's how gracious he is that he takes broken things and puts them together mm -hmm. and, and does more uh, than we could. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, I'm really thankful. It's that, that God would invite us to talk to other people um, about life or marriage is just, again, his extravagant grace. Um, but he's that good, and we want to believe him for all the goodness that he has. So um, I wanted to let you guys know that. You know, it's always amazing to hear your um, spouse's story. So I've heard Don's story, as you would guess, a lot. But there's something in the rehearing of your spouse's story that you go, wow, that's good. So tell each other your story because you might hear something new. So, you know, I grew up in Iowa and my um, parents uh, were 15 and 18 when they got pregnant. Um, they were, my dad always says uh, that he took my, he married my mom on Thursday and he took her to homecoming on, on Saturday. <clears throat> it's true. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, um. So I was I was second second child, and uh, while they were pregnant with me, my parents came to a faith in Christ, and um, that's how I got my name because I was supposed to be Kimberly, but they uh, decided on Renee because Renee means born again to be reborn. Um, but my parents became pretty disillusioned with the whole faith community because of what they saw inside of it. Because once you get inside, then you see like there's more brokenness than what you know, and so. They saw best friends have affairs. They saw bad business deals. They saw people fall. They just saw a lot of things, and they became pretty disillusioned with faith in the faith community. So in that time, um, faith became pretty um, non-personal. And so we would go to church, but it wasn't a personal experience. And so by the time I got to like junior high and high school, it was something we did. We logged time at church, but it wasn't a thing that we talked about in our home. And um, I started to get involved with some things, um, doing drugs and drinking and um, becoming sexually um, active. And um, the friend group that I was with, I remember that we sat around when we were in high school and all of my friends were sexually active. And we had this conversation and they said, if any of us would ever get pregnant, would you have an abortion? And I said, I would never do that because of my own family history. 
because my mom and dad decided to make a choice to have my brother. Well, my junior year in high school, I became pregnant and I had an abortion. And, and for me, besides drifting away from the Lord, it was the time where I stepped the furthest out and the darkest place in my life. Because I thought if anyone ever heard that I had done that, I even lied on medical records to cover myself so that people wouldn't know that I had done that. And even um, when I was a freshman in college, I, um, I had another abortion the second time. And that time I went by myself. No one knew about it. So I had so much shame um, around this whole issue that that was associated with the whole idea of faith as well. So that was a pretty um, dark thing for me. And so I thought there's no way that um, God would ever accept me or receive me. There's, I've done really, in my mind, the worst thing that I could possibly do. And um, I took that road as far as it could go. And in college, I remember kind of going, calling my parents my junior year and, and saying, I want to quit. And they said, you want to quit college? And I said, actually, I think I want to quit my life. Because it just didn't feel like everything that I was choosing to do ended up leaving me more insecure and rejected and full of self-hatred. So my parents came and my, you know, never... Um, discount the words as a parent to put into your kids. And my mom said one line to me. She said, maybe this has something to do with God. And it was enough of a seed that it planted inside of me that I started reading my Bible. <clears throat> I started thinking about it, but I thought there's no way I could return to God because of what I'd done. But God just kept wooing me. He kept inviting me. He kept loving on me. He kept saying he covers me. And in that process, I came back to a saving faith, a restoration that I never knew I could possibly have. Because once you've been totally lost, the finding is amazing when God truly finds you. I moved out to Arizona kind of to start my life again to say, maybe if I followed Christ there and I could start all over, maybe I could really find a community and a faith where I could follow Christ but this whole idea of my history came up. And as I thought about my history, I was like, you know, Lord, I want to be able to say that out loud because I know that in confession, darkness gets released. Because something you're hiding that we talked about today, if you hide it, it stays dark and it, it has power over you. So I told the Lord, if you want me to ever say it out loud, you'd have to set it up that I could talk to my mom and dad about it. And you'd have to make it so obvious my dad was doing business trips at that time, and he was flying through Arizona, and he said, hey, Renee, I'd love to take you out to lunch. And I said, okay. So we went to lunch. We sat down. We started talking about things, and out of the blue, my dad turned to me, and he said, Renee, you know, I think if your mom and I would have had an opportunity, we probably would have had an abortion. And I looked at him, and I was like, how in the world? And I said, you know, Dad, I think I have something I need to tell you. So I said, Dad, I have a secret that I've been living with for a long time, and I need to confess it to you. So I told my dad what had happened. And in the telling, my dad sat there, and he cried with me, and he wept. And I said at the end of it, Dad, I need to ask you this question. Will you forgive me? And he said, before I answer you, Renee, I have a question for you. Will you forgive me for not protecting you? for not knowing you, for not being with you? And I said, yes. 
And he said, I forgive you too. And in the, in that moment, something shifted and changed inside of me because God called back these places. He told me that I was deeply loved and the Lord did this work inside of our family and with, with my history that I never thought possible. So when God called me into relationship with Don and he told me that I'd get to be with him, people would say, what will that be like to be a stepmom? And I said, what? I'm being given a son that I don't deserve. How in the world could I not see that as a gift from God? Our special needs friends we talked about, um, they've taught us more about life and grace and love than probably any, of, any group that we know. And we, uh, we, one night we were out and we had our friends who were doing, they were out with four special needs guys and they called me. They said, Wooster, what are you guys doing? And I said, we're just hanging out home, just put the kids down. They go, we, we're out with the guys and they, uh, they go, we want to come by and TP your house. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we said, great. Uh, he's, we said, uh, they go, look, we're, 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 cru we're cruising up and down, we're cruising up and down Central Avenue, give us about 45 minutes, we'll be there, we'll run around, your, you'll keep your house, and you know, and we go, great, that sounds great, so Renee goes, who's was that? And I go, oh, that was Andy and Dave, they got, they're out with the guys tonight, they're going to come keep your house, and she goes, oh, that sounds fun. Um, so, about 45 minutes later, the car pulls up, they got this big 1962 red convertible um, Cadillac, you know, that, that's just this monster of a car, you hear it coming. And uh, we see them pull up on our street. We see them get out, and they're all dressed in camo, and they've all got <laughs> Right? Two leaders and four special needs kids, one Down syndrome kid, you know, and a couple of other kids, and they're all dressed. They've got rolls of toilet paper. They come up to our house. They hand out the toilet paper. And so they get the toilet paper. They start throwing the toilet paper directly at our trees and cars, and it's bouncing off, right? Because <laughs> they've never TP'd. <laughs> so the leaders, being good young, they go, hey, huddle up, huddle up. So they get them together, and so they give them a tutorial on how to teach them. So they start showing them you gotta hook it, you gotta run around the tree, and so we're watching through the, and they start getting pretty good. Like they're trashing our house, cars, bushes, and going, hey, look, Court did a nice job there, right? So after about 15 minutes, our house is totally trash. We go, okay, let's scare them off. So I've got a big old mag flashlight, four batteries, you know, and I'm, and I, I turn the porch light on, and I'm going to come out as the angry neighbor and yell, and they'll run back to the car, they'll get away, they'll go eat pizza, they'll relive it all, it'll be great, <laughs> right? So I kick the door open, I turn the light on, I got my flashlight, and I go, hey, hey, you young people, what's going on? <laughs> right? I'm shining my light around, and Andy and Dave go, oh, let's go, guys, run. And they start to take off back to the car. But the guys, they didn't rehearse the escape. <laughs> so the special needs guys are just kind of frozen there. They don't know what to do, and I'm stalling. So they, because they're trying to go, no, we gotta get to the car. So I'm going, young people today should really <laughs> be more respectful. <laughs> where are you, young people? You know, kind of, oh, so they just get up to where they're fun. Get to the car, we're in trouble. We gotta go, get, we're gonna run away. Oh, they're just starting to go, and then they see Renee walk out. And these guys just know Renee, because she's just the love all year long. And 
And so they're starting to go. They're going to run to the car. They're going to get away. And then Renee walks out the door. And then, you know, um, one of the guys, he turns around. And he sees Renee. And he goes, hey, it's Renee. Hi, Renee. <laughs> and, and Andy and David are going, Ron, we're in trouble. No, it's Renee. Renee. Hi. It's Renee. Hey. And all go walking straight into the light. You know, we're going, Ron, Ron. And I'm going, hey, so uh, who did all this? You know, and one of the guys goes, well, I, I, Andy helped me with this one, but I did this all by myself. <laughs> You're showing us this beautiful mess they made of our yard and all that. And I'm sitting there, and here's what struck me. So kind of go, you know what? These guys, were, they're, you're in trouble. You made a mess. You got to run. The leaders are telling them that. But as soon as they, as soon as they saw me, right? As soon as they saw me, um, and she just, she is loved to death. And all she said to them, because she just was just going, "Who's there?" And, and what they heard and saw and heard, that was the voice of love. Mm-hmm. And when you hear the voice of love, no matter how big the mess is. You know what? You're not afraid anymore. You'll walk right into the light. And you'll go, I made a huge mess because it was all by myself. <laughs> I got a little help from Sean. <laughs> I did this all by myself. Right? And what we're hoping, one of the essentials is that you and I, we would hear the true voice of love. Yeah. The true voice of love. No matter how big a mess you've made or you're making right now, you know what? You don't need to be afraid of that. Yeah. You walk right into the light and you go, here I am, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's raise it. So thank you for what you do, what you guys are. Thank you for what you do, what you do. And, let's um, pray. We're going to pray. Yeah. yeah. Let's pray. <clears throat> we thank you, God, that you find us that you recover us, that you restore us, that you redeem us. We thank you, God, that we're safe when we're in your light, not in darkness. So we ask, Lord, that you would continue to speak your voice of love, that you would draw us out, that you would compel us to be with you. Thank you, God, for each heart that's here. And we ask, Lord, that our hearts, as they're drawn to you, Lord, that we would sense the goodness that you've placed in front of us, that you're up to a good thing. We thank you, God, that you know know our tomorrows. And we thank you that you give us the gift of being present today and with each other. Thanks for this time and this dinner and the gift that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.